Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're joined by Teresa from Star Wars Bookworms. Teresa, welcome back to the show. Hey, I'm glad to be here. I'm so excited. Y'all know, I've told you before, it's my favorite show to guest on, so. Oh, well, thank, thank you. you. We really appreciate that. You are too kind. We we love having uh, we love having you on. It's been uh, it's been a little while since I think since you came on. So last season, sometime last season. I don't know what yeah, episode. It was, I don't remember. If I go back through timeline, I think it was actually. I don't think you've been on since the Force Awakens review. Wow, uh, that's, that's and really? before that it was and before that it was Brothers of the Broken Horn. So yeah, we're glad. To oh have wow, you back on. yay! Wow, yeah, it's been a little bit too long, but. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, we got a we got a fun episode this time. Uh, before we discuss it, though, some some brief announcements. Um, had a couple releases this week. The 3D special edition Blu-ray of The Force Awakens came out and has a new uh, deleted scenes and uh, a whole new commentary with. Um, and uh, so anyway, it's 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 a it's really good. If you haven't listened to it, I highly highly recommend it because uh, it's just fantastic. Uh, I already had a copy of the the movie, but now I have three more because it comes with the DVD version, the Blu-ray version, and a digital version. So, uh, if you if you really love the All Force right. Awakens, it's a great it's a great box. No, this isn't good enough. William, you need to pick up like the different digital versions through different services like Disney Anywhere, then Amazon Instant Video. I mean, I may already own eleven copies of the movie by now. How do you keep because... track of it all? And wait, how wait, do you wait, watch wait. them all? When Why? you say when you say eleven, are you being is that ser- like actual eleven? Oh, actual eleven, but it includes duplicates. Like you buy a DVD and it comes, you buy the Blu-ray and it comes with the DVD version, a digital wow. version. So it's only two. It's really just the the two different. Well, I bought the Blu-ray three times. Special what? edition one, the Target exclusive one. No, no there is no why. Oh. The normal one. It's just William. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's because hey, I'm crazy. I, I completely understand. Only mine is with clothes and toys, so I get it. <laughs> I get it. Hey, they had special features. I like the packaging of the normal one. The, the Target <laughs> one had an exclusive uh, bonus content, which is now in the special release, the, the special edition release. Anyway, so there, there's that. We're going to move on before I... Uh... Oh, come on. You guys, you guys are just it's like... A, it's a rabbit hole. Exactly. <laughs> just keep going down. Uh, and then also Catalyst, Rogue One Catalyst came out today. If you haven't read it, recommend it. It's really good. Um, I, I've I've really enjoyed that book. So we'll ex- look for our review in, uh, in a few weeks. We'll probably give it, give people a little bit of time to read it, and then we'll we'll publish our uh, review probably right around Rogue One. I have well, to start it. I'm since, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> since you're talking about Catalyst, I'm just going to go ahead and say it now. If you're starting to read it, um, the Star Wars Bookworms Book Club on Goodreads is doing Catalyst right now as our book, so you can join in in a live discussion as you read. And we are doing our first ever one month exactly review of Catalyst. So we're going to be doing it right before the movie comes out. Um, we're breaking some rules, meaning we're skipping books. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, I think it's appropriate, right? Because it's timed with the movie. So yeah, definitely, definitely join the, uh, that book club. It sounds awesome. And I'm really enjoying it. I know some people wanted to wait, but I feel like it, 
I already have a better idea of some of the, the characters, who they are, and that sort of thing, which I think will add to the movie. I know some people maybe don't want to have the movie spoiled to them at all. It's not really going to spoil the movie, but I don't want to. They don't really want to know anything about the movie. They want to be introduced to the characters for the first time. But, but I kind of like it. And uh, lastly, some big news that dropped uh, last night as we're recording this. Uh, StarWars.com announced that Amelia Clark has been cast in the Han Solo spinoff. And she'll be starring alongside Alden Ehrenreich and Donald Glover as Han Solo and Lando Calrissian, respectively. Some big news there as well. What do you guys think of this? It'll be interesting to find out what character she's going to play. I doubt she's going to be playing a young Leia in this case. Um, Bria Theron. No, well, she's gonna be she's gonna be Han's first wife. Hello. Okay. There it is. Unless there's another. No. No. There's another. Oh, no. You never Not know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm excited about it. I uh, I think she's really pretty, and I like pretty girls in Star Wars. So. <laughs> it sounds weird Fair that enough. I'm the one saying that I'm the one saying it, but I do. <laughs> I'm being honest. <laughs> no, I, I I saw her photo yesterday. I totally agree. <laughs> See, I'm not the only one. Nope. Nope. <laughs> anyway, totally moving on yeah. to Iron. Yeah, yeah uh, we got to get to Iron Squadron, don't we? Um, so in this in this show, we're going to be reviewing Rebel season three, episode eight, Iron Squadron. This was written by Matt Minkovich and directed by Saul Ruiz. Wow. You know what? It's early and I've had my coffee and still can't talk. Um, synopsis is Ezra and Sabine team up to tame a rogue, young, hotshot pilot and his crew who recklessly risk their lives in a fight to defend their home world from imperial occupation. Now, um, I'm going to start this off because this, this episode kind of has Thrawn in it. And I was doing a discussion recently on, on Facebook about... Um, the introduction of Thrawn and how he's being handled. Um, I think the way he's being handled, I, I want to uh, kind of say it's kind of like a slow burn. You guys ever hear that term before? Yeah. I... Okay. It's because that, that's how I see how it's being handled with him. I mean, and, and I, I kind of understand why the take on this is that maybe, you know, the character possibly is watered down from the original, uh, Timothy Zahn books. I, mm. I, well, okay. I think it's a slow burn, but I don't think he's watered down. I agree. No, no, no. I totally agree. And that's, that's why, you know, I, I'm, I sat here and with the last three episodes um, that he was introduced, it, I, I, I think that they're introducing him the proper way because there's a lot of people who do not know the character and are aware of the character. And that's why I kind of liken this to a slow burn to where they're slowly starting to get an idea of where this character is coming from. Because when you first saw him, I mean, he was first really just introduced in the episode that, that, uh, that had Yuma Station in it. Okay. And that's where they were going after the Y-Wings. It was kind of more like an introduction. Then you get into Harrow's Heroes. He definitely was a little bit more active. He was on Ryloth. He did his experiment because he wanted to observe what was happening, which ended up Admiral, Con uh, Admiral Constantine was the uh, brunt of the experiment, as I call it. But he really wasn't, he was active, but not really active. But in this episode, he was, he was a little bit more active. It's, it's, it's more, it's building and you get to see his thinking process. Um, yeah. I'm, no, go ahead. So it's interesting. Um, I definitely think, you know, a lot of, especially TV shows, I think, ha end up with kind of, I should say movies tend to have it more, have like a villain problem where their villains aren't 
developed well enough to right. like actually, uh, you know, carry the story like they're hoping. Right. Um, you know, Marvel movies are pretty famous for kind of having weak villains, despite having, you know, a very strong movie otherwise. What I, I'm concerned about with Thrawn is in order to like establish, you know, the villain, the, his credentials, uh, you need to show him winning a lot. We saw that with the Grand Inquisitor in season one where, mm-hmm. you know, he, you know, he thoroughly defeated Kanan and Ezra multiple times throughout the season. Right. With Thrawn, uh, most of the episodes, uh, with the exception of Harrow's Heroes, like he'll be even when he's like, you know, actively doing something, which has been fairly rare this far. uh I don't feel like he's coming off winning. Okay, but here's the thing. And at, no, no, I'm sorry, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Oh, so I was going to finish. And, yeah. and so as people who know Thrawn, all of us kind of look at it as, well, yeah, Thrawn is, you know, this is all part of a larger plan, and, and we'll see that plan play out. Mm-hmm. I wonder if uh, that's the experience of people who aren't familiar with Thrawn as well, or if he just kind of comes across as a grievous character. He's like, oh, well, there's this guy who's supposed to be really bad, and he just, you know, doesn't ever succeed a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, I can give you that opinion if you want, because I have never read any of the Thrawn books. R- oh, really? Teresa, really? That really? Is, that really? is the, yes, that is, that's I kind am... of, you guys don't listen to bookworms. I'm insulted and sad. No, it's the, <laughs> it's, a, Sorry. it's a common, it's a common joke with the people in literary circles and stuff, even with the people at Del Rey, because they know I haven't read them. And I get a lot of flack for it. But when this was happening... I said, I was like, I am not going to read them until after, you know, Thrawn is run his course on Rebels because I wanted my first introduction to Thrawn to be through Rebels Mm -hmm. to see what they did so I can compare and contrast later. And for me, he's coming off very strong. I mean, I love I love that sort of villain that's there and just he's so creepy Mm -hmm. and it's like. It's like he's this creepy stalker person. <laughs> I don't know how to describe him. But, like, when he talks, it gives me chills every single time. And in Hera's Heroes, when he slightly lost a little bit of his facade and his control, mm-hmm. you got a glimpse into how terrifying he really can be. And so I love, I've loved everything with him. And I think they're doing a great job. Especially that line towards the end, I know I'm jumping ahead, but of this episode. We do it all the where, time. Yeah, where he's like, <laughs> you asked for assistance. And he's like, do you mean this happened instead of what you just said? And you're just like, oh, you're going to die. Okay, but like, but, <laughs> but that that's the thing I want to bring up. Are we seeing, like, like Stephen, you mentioned the, grievous, the, the, the grievous effect. But are we seeing Thrawn being defeated or? No. We are no, seeing Admiral no. Constantine being defeated. Yes. Now, exactly. here, we're, now here, we're, we're seeing. Uh, go ahead. Sorry. Here's the thing when it comes to Constantine, because this is this is a question. I again, we jump all over the place, and this is something I threw later in the show notes. When it comes to Constantine, do you think the reasoning, Thrawn, two re, two things, do you think one, Thrawn is waiting for the rebels to take care of Constantine to get him off his back? You kind of get my drift mm-hmm. on that. Or, mm-hmm. or, 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 do you think Thrawn is using all these things as a teaching element to show Constantine, you are the old imperial ways, get out of this and start thinking this way? I think there might be a little bit of that, but I actually think it's a third option where he's actually, <clears throat> he has Constantine as, at, as, at his disposal. Yes. He doesn't really care if he succeeds or not. Absolutely. Right? He's using Constantine 
to test the rebels. And as he's bait. poking and prodding at them as just bait. to see how they react in yep. different situations, right? What happens if, you know, we go capture Hera's, uh, Hera's father and her, uh, and her home? What happens if we do this? What happens if we do that? Uh, he's trying to test the rebels. Now, if Constantine <clears throat> fails, okay, it is what it is. If Constantine succeeds, great for the Empire. Mm-hmm. I don't think he really cares about Constantine. Oh, I agree. I so, think he really I think... does. Is... <clears throat> so let me ask you then as kind of a follow-up. So the one thing that bothered me about uh, Thrawn, I've actually liked a lot throughout the episode, especially in Hera's... Sorry, throughout the season, except right. especially in Hera's Heroes. Mm-hmm. What I bothered me in this episode is there's the shot where the Star Destroyer shows up, and it's this. it looks like it's this perfect ambush, and then nothing happens. Like, Thrawn just he kind taunts. of sits there and... He he taunt. Uh, sorry again. I didn't. I didn't mean. He, yeah, you're right. He taunts. Right. Uh, um, uh, I'm Soto. Sato. Yes. He yeah. he taunts Sato, but that's it. I mm-hmm. really. I was looking for like. Why don't you just like? Why would you not capture Sato? Like because you've that's got not a tractor his beam. Goal. Exactly. That's not he his has goal. a bigger goal in plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, mind. every everything for him is on a bigger scale. I mean, all of this stuff is just little things that are he's learning and he's sort of analyzing and looking and he's basically toying with them and it's all going to a bigger plan of his and he doesn't need to capture them. He doesn't need to do any of that, but it is interesting that now we have a relationship between commander Sato and, and Thrawn. Yep. They know each other. Oh yeah. You know? And so it's like, what is that? And it's just, it's all that creepy feeling of setting it up of saying, okay, see you soon. Like, ugh. yeah, actually that was, that part was particularly interesting because he says, I mean, the first thing he says to Sato is, I wondered what it would take to motivate your return to my compo. Mm-hmm. Like as in he thought he was somehow manipulating Sato into, into coming back or I, I'm, I'm not sure. Like, um, was he trying to test Sato? If so, how could, could he have manipulated the situation to get him to that point? Cause it seemed like he didn't really have much involvement in kind of well, the setup. You know what? Maybe he did. Maybe that's the reason that um, that Sato's nephew is still alive. Martin. So he thinks, yeah. yeah, you mean Matt Martin? Exactly. No, <laughs> it, it, I watched the episode and I was like, oh, that's a reference to, uh, to Lucasfilm's Matt Martin. March yep. Matten? Yeah, that's Martin. Matt Martin. Oh, okay. I, I wasn't aware of that because I was like, okay, this is interesting. Fun names. What? Okay. Well, yeah, we, don't, I know. we don't know if it is for sure, but I mean, come on. It's like, I'm like, I'm like 99% sure. It yeah. is too obvious. I tweeted, I tweeted at him this morning and I was like, hey, nice to see you and your hair in Rebels. Yeah, so did I, yeah. <laughs> I didn't say the exact same thing, but yeah, yeah. But maybe that's why he's still alive. So Iron Squadron thinks that they've been defeating the Empire and all this stuff. But what they've really been doing is the Empire has been laying off of them, but making them feel like they're, Mm -hmm. you know, powerful or whatever. Mm -hmm. And trying to get Commander Sato to come back and rescue his nephew. Right. Yeah. Well, and then when when Thrawn says it to Sato, Sato just replies, then now you know, until we meet again. And And Thrawn's like, yes, until we meet again. So... There, there's something going on there for sure. And uh, do we do we know what Sato's background is? No, this we, is no. The, honestly, this, I would say this is probably the closest to a Sato episode we've gotten on the show yet. Like the most backstory we've gotten about Sato, mm-hmm. um, because we we find out that you know. So we meet this uh, this well they they find this ship and 
Uh, we'll, we'll dive into the ship in just a minute because I think that's also equally important. Yeah, because uh, I, I think we do need to start but, moving into the show uh, right now. <laughs> but but uh, so we, we find out that Commander Sato, he had a, a brother that was uh, in Iron Squadron. It was his brother's detachment. And his brother was killed on the planet Mycompo. Now, does, do we know if that was done at any point during the Clone Wars or was that during the, the Rebellion? Because that's one of the things I, that I was trying you know to figure what? out. As I'm thinking about it, I bet you this was during the Rebellion. And I bet you Sado and his brother were part of the Empire. Because Iron Squadron is, a like, now that I'm thinking about it, 100% an Imperial TIE Fighter Squadron name. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it's, mm-hmm. The Rebels killed Sado's brother? Uh, maybe not Rebels, but maybe he, they were dissidents or something. But mm-hmm. I just... That was kind of a very it, dynamic, too, if you had, like, brother versus brother, uh, Sato, on the, in the, on the Rebellion and... I mean, uh, it, it, that would be interesting. No, that doesn't though. seem right. Like for me, what I'm feeling is that people. I feel like Sato joined the rebellion to almost maybe like avenge his brother. Um, maybe something happened. They were both in the empire and then something happened and he was killed and his eyes were open to like, you know, this is not working and the empire doesn't care about us. We're disposable. They're just going to kill us all. And he's like, you know what? There's got to be yeah, something better. I think you're right. I think like maybe Vader killed Iron Squadron for uh, for failing to stop a rebel insurrection, and then uh, Sada's right. like, yes. I could see that. Yeah, I could seems, see it too. Seems common. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, so we find out that Sato had a nephew. Uh, you know, his brother, who's who's unnamed, had a nephew, and now he has taken the name Iron Squadron, uh, and and this is who Mart Matten is, which is. Uh, which is kind of interesting. You know, he has a group of uh, two other friends. Um, uh, they're uh, Guti Terez, which I had to wonder if that's a reference to Andy Gutierrez. Guti Terez. Oh, oh totally got it. it. Yeah, yes, got it is. It, it totally it, is. It. Yeah, it Matt is. Mark Andy Gutierrez, because <laughs> her name the name is Guti space T E R E Z Terez. Uh, it's great. And then John or Jin is the third guy. That's gotta be a reference to somewhere, right? Someone, right? Yeah, it's John gotta be that, someone. This, given how the other names are set up, yeah. John. Oh, those animators, yeah. I'm telling you. But no, story that's that's people. definitely Matt Martin and well, Andy Gutierrez. Yeah. Story people. Okay. That's what yeah. too. Yeah, that's pretty great. Um <clears throat> But uh and then R three, who we don't really get much of a nickname for. Mm-hmm. But they comprise Iron Squadron. And it's kind of this old, not quite working ship. Uh, what did you guys think of the ship? Because the, the name is never spoken in this episode. The name of the ship is never spoken. It's called Iron Squadron. It was the Outrider. I mean, it, it's just. It, it, I mean, that's that yeah. was the type of. It's a YT twenty four hundred. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, which is a fantastic ship. Which when did Dash Rendar was. Shadows of the Empire, right? Was when when that was he was introduced. Oh, jeez, my books. Dash Rendar being, of course, the pilot of the Outrider. Outrider. Uh, my books are all put away. I believe pretty, you might be right. I believe that. Yeah, because I believe Shadows of the Empire. They were like, okay, so we need a Han Solo, but we don't want to use Han Solo. Yeah, we'll just we'll just do this guy, and he flies the not Millennium Falcon, Millennium Falcon, and is has a vest that's brown instead of black and so on. But 
It's a very famous ship, and I was really excited to see it. So was I. I thought that was so, pretty cool. And it's the thing. It's and if you if Disney's uh, Disney PR's Twitter account is any indication, it actually is the Outrider. It's not just a YT twenty four hundred freighter. Because they they explicitly tweeted uh, they tweeted hey you know uh, like the Outrider is in this week's episode or something like that. Really? Uh, they, yeah, they called it the Outrider <clears throat> in their tweet. I'm gonna uh, have to. I'm going to have to get a subscription to that Twitter account and follow that every once in a while because I miss yeah, that Disney one. Channel PR. Um, they, uh... So that means Dash must, I mean, I guess Shadows of the Empire isn't canon anymore. Never mind. I don't, we don't, right. we may not ever get but, Dash. But Renner. maybe, maybe this is before Dash Rendar gets the Outrider. Yeah, that would make sense. I think, I don't know if there's, I don't know the history of Dash Rendar to be honest. Beyond his uh, appearance in Shadows of the Empire. Huh. Okay. If I knew this, more about ships. This is I interesting. Comment. So, this <laughs> is. I actually retweeted it. Uh, and so, if you go look at my timeline, it's actually the, it actually says the tweet is now unavailable uh, from Disney. Ha 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 ha. They said something they weren't supposed they to say. <laughs> I now, love it when they do stuff like well, that. Like, oh, crap. For that. Could that just be though that the uh, they'll they'll want to talk about it on Rebels Recon and then want to spoil it early? Uh, I don't think I don't know. Wait a minute. So the tweet was deleted. Oh man, I just I just followed Disney Channel PR. <laughs> well, it's okay if you follow them. Well, yeah, I know that. <laughs> oh well. Anyway, maybe hey. they'll say something cool later. Probably. Probably. Um, yeah. One of the now that we brought up the thing about um, that possibly being the Outrider, so there is one thing that was kind of brought up in this episode. Um, Ezra brings up another ful- uh, fulcrum at the beginning of this because that's how they mm-hmm. found out that you know Moncampo's got you know sympathizers and and they need to be evacuated. Do you think this is a different fulcrum, or do you think this could be, or we're assuming, Callus in the previous episode helped get them off. Um, the, the TIE fighter base, do you think this could be callous? Because remember, there are different fulcrums. This one screams callous to me. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, because a lot of what callous has done this far has been, like, he's he did a little bit of recruiting, but he seems to be most knowledgeable about things that are happening inside of the Empire. So I think he would he would be the one to know stuff is happening with uh, my compo. So do we know that for sure that callous is going... That's that he's part of the rebellion or like going to be or anything. We're uh, just we're just assuming um, that, right? Based, so well, it's based on what his interactions in um uh in the last the last battle, I believe it was right. Was it the last uh or Harrow's Heroes? Uh, I think it was Harrow's yeah, Heroes. Yeah, it was the uh, <clears throat> later episode. Sorry, the Antilles not... extraction. No, yeah. it was the Antilles extraction. Wow, that was longer ago than I thought. Yeah, um, yeah, I thought so. I was just wondering if but, I but, but there was that, and then someone actually analyzed the audio clip of the new Fulcrum, and it was clearly uh, uh, Agent Callus. Yeah. Like, unquestionably. Yeah, but, but then again... Which I, I actually really David like. David O'Yellow. Yeah. It would be interesting if they did bring up a different Fulcrum if it's not Callus. And the other thing is, is it somebody that we've met before? Because it's easy for Callus because we already know that, you know, Callus is a character that has been introduced into the show. But 
what would be fascinating is if they introduce a different character as a fulcrum going forward. So, this would be interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, be. yeah. So the one interesting thing is <clears throat> I, I like the idea that this is, uh, you know, we, we have the Outrider or not the Outrider, I guess, depending on uh, the tweet now. And um, <clears throat> we've got, uh, you know, Commander Sato's uh, nephew. I like all that kind of stuff. But it was a little odd that, like, he and uh, the Mart and uh, uh, <laughs> basically the Matt and Andy. Uh, <laughs> Andy. <laughs> <laughs> were um, uh, and and John are, which I gotta figure out who that is now. We, yeah, we need to know who that is. I, I'm surprised I don't. We don't like know it off the bat because Martin and Guti were so easy. Yeah, the easy anyway. thing to do is just tweet StarWars.com and go, hey. <laughs> exactly. Um, <clears throat> but uh, uh, so they they seemed awfully young, like Ezra's age. Um, I I was almost getting like. I want to say like a Robin Hood field, not a Robin Hood. I was thinking uh, mm-hmm. Peter Pan. I don't know why I got the two confused. Kind of like, like a... the kids fighting the the machine, if oh, you will. Or, you got know, it. Something along those lines. But like, are are all the kids so in the galaxy so uh, amazing at a young age? <laughs> we find well, them I mean, their their ship was full uh, of uh, holes. I don't know if I'd call that amazing. True. And full again, maybe, no maybe uh, as we said, maybe. Uh, um, uh, Thrawn was playing with them, so it could be that too. Um, but you know, even even Kanan calls out that you know, oh, sounds like a kid, because uh, they they refuse to escape. Uh, you know, they said, oh, negative Iron Squadron does not run, and so they're kind of forced to to go aboard the ship and see if they can help them or or, or convince them to to leave. Casado uh, asked Hera to to bring him back home. Yeah, well, Zeb's, Zeb's comment is probably the best. He's like, sounds classic. like a ship of Ezra's. Let's yeah, get out of here. Classic. <laughs> that, I love it. I love that line. Exactly. Uh, but I, I love also, like, these are kids on this ship, and yet they're so, in some ways, arrogant. They're like, oh, we've been ba- battling the Empire for a while now. Why don't you come over to our ship, and we'll show you a few tricks. <laughs> that, that, I love the, like, Hey, we just took out a Star Destroyer. No, that wasn't a Star Destroyer. Yeah. Wow, look at the size of that one. No, that's just a light cruiser. Yeah. yeah. And then There's finally, a great that's a Star Destroyer. <laughs> like, you have no idea what you're talking about, kid. Yeah, they're, and when they finally see the Star Destroyer, they're like, oh, yeah, let's oh. go. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe not go up against those. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, so they, they dock uh, with the Outrider. I'm just going to call it the Outrider right now because that's what... I think you should because it's really hard to just sit there and, and keep calling it the, the YT twenty four hundred freighter. YT twenty four hundred Krillian freighter. Yeah. Uh, so we're just gonna call it the Outrider. No, we should not. we should use the model number, like the you know the actual serial number that's printed on the hull. Oh. It's only like twenty four yeah. digits. I think I saw it in one scene. Right. Yeah. Oh, really. We should, we'll just have to go it. back and find it. Oh. I'm making that up. <laughs> okay, that's fine. <laughs> Hey, you know what? The, the way things are going, I'm a sucker this morning, okay? I, like I said, I didn't have my coffee, really, so... That's fine. Uh, it comes with the territory. Yeah, I know it does. Yeah. It's okay. They they board the ship, and, of course, immediately, uh, Chopper tries to help repair the hyperdrive. And R3 just, like, smacks him away. Like, nope, you're not touching my hyperdrive. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah it, he's doing such a good job. Yeah, so yeah far. I know. That's what I was gonna say. They're like, he fixes stuff around here, and I'm like, obviously, super well. Yeah, exactly. And then of course later, which was a little bit odd, they uh, they let them fix the hyperdrive with no complaints. They're just like, oh, we're gonna go fix the hyperdrive, and the next thing you know, they're sitting in the hyperdrive room okay. fixing it. And, okay, now wait a no minute. Seem to comp- wait a minute. Not not to interrupt. Fixing the hyperdrive. Chopper had a hammer hammering the thing. That's not fixing the exactly. hyperdrive. That's how Chopper fixes things. He just yeah. kicks them and hits them. <laughs> hammer in the morning, hammer in the evening. Uh, he's not he's not R2. If Chopper exactly. had a hammer. Yeah. That exactly. would be a funny song if Chopper had a hammer. You could uh, just take you could take the Beatles' Maxwell Silver Hammer and just like insert Chopper. Like yeah, the word chopper. There you go. <laughs> well, and, and when the and when the hyperdrive was finally fixed by banging on it, I think, uh it was interesting, like the whole room just like lit up. Uh, like you know, like a Christmas tree or something. It just went super. Well, bright. I think it was because they were like out of power, or the, like a power issue, maybe. Mm-hmm. It's been diverted. Well, even then, the even with all the lights, the power is still diverted to the weapons and shields because we found out that Mart really didn't want. Uh, didn't really. He was kind of like almost thwarting them at every turn. Like, oh, okay, you can't fix hyperdrive. Okay, you can fix hyperdrive, but I'm gonna divert to the power. Oh, okay, you fix the hyperdrive and everything's working now, and where I want to escape. Oh, just kidding! I'm gonna uh, lock uh, lock you guys in the uh, in the Phantom and, and and stay in the Outrider by myself. Um, <clears throat> so like he he was always constantly, uh, you know, trying to block them from helping him in many ways. Yeah, he was uh, an interesting character. I don't I don't I don't have better words to describe him than that. I think. <laughs> also. So the the one, I think there was there were two lines in the episode that kind of bothered me. I'll be honest. One, which is kind of funny, but um, also kind of annoying, was when they were talking about uh, debriefing them. Uh, Johnner says, "Well, how debrief is this going to be?" Which is <laughs> kind of stupid. Well, because no, because he's he. If you noticed, he's kind of not very smart. He doesn't understand <laughs> what words are. Hera started talking, and he's like, "Huh? Like, <laughs> guess, right, what does yeah. that mean?" <laughs> Uh, uh, and then the other one, which is mostly annoying, was in uh, was when Ezra, when they were about ready to board the ship, uh, you know, they 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 said, "Hey, come on over to the ship, and we'll teach you trips of tricks." Ezra says something like, "Oh, I, I think they're inviting us aboard," or that sounds like an invitation. I'm like, "No, of course it is. They just invited you. It's definitely an invitation." You know, <laughs> <laughs> like, come aboard. That sounds See? like an invitation. Really, you think, Ezra? <laughs> See, <laughs> so you know why this stuff doesn't bother me? Because I teach high school kids that are 16, uh, and they say this kind of stuff all the time. I guess that's, right. I forget, that's that's forget what they, that. That's what they, how they talk, and you're just like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, you're like, like uh-huh. and, you know, and then they're asking questions, and, I'm, and, you know, they start to answer their own questions, and I'm just looking at them like, and continue to explore that thought, and you might find the answer. <laughs> like... <laughs> Uh, yeah okay fair enough fair enough <clears throat> and we also got some more uh some more uh food in this episode we got space waffles that, I, oh wow i was totally. i was a little concerned by the space waffles they did not uh that did not look appetizing i was afraid of like what's inside in the middle of them and if it's gone bad well, even because it almost looked like a waffle sandwich, and and even Hera backed away from from even attempting <laughs> it. Well, it was also Johnner. Like Johnner picks up the space waffle. I'm just gonna keep calling it a space waffle, and he picks up the space waffle. What else you would call and, it? Yeah, uh, and starts to take a bite, and he's like, 
he, to his credit, realizes he should probably offer his guests some. But instead of handing Hera the plate, he just hands her the waffle that's in his hands. Like, hey, you want this waffle? But it's a kid. <laughs> that's what a kid exactly. would do. Oh, totally. It is. Yeah. I just thought it was funny. Yeah, no, it was funny. Like, Hera's like, thanks, but I'll, I'll, I'll not take something from your nasty little hands and I'll go uh, <laughs> have off the plate. Or just not at all. Thank you very much. Yeah, and, and I don't know I what's I have to give this episode a little bit of credit because when it first started, I thought this was going to be one of those like last week's episode where it was literally just a straight storyline and you knew what you were going to get. And this had that little bit in there to where it wasn't just that straight. We know from beginning to end, it was a really good episode and it had the little comedy bits like this and it had basically a bunch of teenagers in it acting like teenagers. Well, you know what makes this episode better, in my opinion? We've had a lot of standalone episodes where we're sort of focusing on one character. And I love Rebels when it's the whole crew together, mm-hmm. you know, and, they, and they're playing off of each other. And while they weren't together the entire time, it was enough that you actually got to see them all as a team. And those are my favorite ones. Well, it's mm-hmm. also when you have Zeb doing his little one-liners, like you said, sounds like a ship full of Ezra's. Let's leave. <laughs> I I thought that was the perfect reaction. Yeah, and and I, I totally agree with you, Teresa. When they're put together like this, you can get the whole crew and you can get the whole cast bouncing off of each other and making it a fun episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we also got some nice moments too where you know Ezra's trying to teach uh, Guti and Jonner. <clears throat> I can't even... <laughs> Who is that? <laughs> John yeah, well, I, John. I, I, I just think Andy now instead of Gooty, uh, or, or D. Goots, one of the two. Um, uh, he tries to teach him, you know, about how he didn't want to leave his home either, and you can't be afraid because that's what the Empire wants. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, how and that how we choose to fight is just as important as uh, as what we fight for, you know. I think that was ends, a great line. Don't you know, justify the means, all that kind of stuff. And, and, and not, cetera, not, so. to, not to go down With on great that. Power. Great responsibility, you know. Yeah, and, and not to go down on that, <laughs> but I thought his speech lasted just a tad too long. It was a great pep talk. Totally agree. And that was a great line. But could you have shortened it just a little bit? So I mean, it worked. It worked. Right? I mean, it, it totally worked. But just 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 a little bit. Cut, cut, out, <laughs> cut out a line or something. But it was a great pep talk. Yeah. A little nitpick, well, I mean, sorry. They they were they kept the whole episode was really just trying to get them to leave right mm-hmm. that's all all they were trying to do was like guys you, you stop fighting here let's let's leave regroup you know go up against them some other time and uh, it really took a long time they finally convinced Jenner and Goody and then uh, just when you think Mart is convinced he uh, you know like, they're they're walking into the into the ship into the into the Phantom um, and. Uh, and all of a sudden, he hits the airlock button, and seal uh, he being Mart and seals himself off from the rest of the uh, from, from everyone else. And he decides, no, he's going to go up against the Empire on his own. He doesn't want to run. And that's where things get even more interesting because Constantine is now there. Uh, I believe Thrawn is. Yeah, Thrawn is. Uh, he's not there yet. No, no, no he's, he's not, not there, there yet. yet. Sorry. Yeah, this, Captain is, this is the light but cruiser. Constantine is still it. there. Yeah, yeah. The light, you've got the light cruiser, which is uh, he thought was the star destroyer. Which, which was fascinating because I loved how Thrawn sat there and said, "Constantine, you go handle this." Constantine comes out and says, "Well, I'm going to send a squadron or whatever." And Thrawn goes, "No, no, no, no. 
You no, should be able go to take yourself. care of this. Yes, you can take care of this yourself. You should be able to take care of this with just a light cruiser and two transports. You'll be fine. You know, and which I love. Yes, and and there's another thing I love too. It's how, and I believe, it was how Thrawn said the word terrorist. He said a word mm. that I I had to I had to listen to it a couple times because, and I swear he it was terrorist. And I think it's somewhere in the show notes because it's just it was priceless how he did it because. It, it's a very, it was a Thrawn thing to say when, when I heard this word. And it was just how he, he, it's being acted and how smooth he is. And you hear this and you're just like, wow. Yeah. 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 Oh, no. I, I love how Thrawn is voiced in this show. And, you know, I, I really can't wait to see how they, as we were talking about earlier, take all these little tests and he's been doing throughout the season mm -hmm. and pull them together. Like that is going to be the moment where I hope our minds are blown and be like, Whoa, we, you know, manipulate all this stuff and, mm -hmm. and, uh, was able to bring it together. And I think as long as rebels can pull that off, mm -hmm. uh, kind of bring all these threads together, they'll be just fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, with, with, with Thrawn. Yeah. And that, and that's why off his brilliance. And that's why I started the episode saying that the way they've got him handled right now, you're watching this whole thing as a very slow burn to something at the mm -hmm. end that's just going to explode. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so, so Mark tries to do his, his cargo bombing run again, which is actually kind of a cool thing. I don't know if we talked about that earlier. He basically attaches bombs to some cargo, flies toward a ship, deta uh, detaches the cargo, and it all flies toward the light cruiser, the shuttle, whatever it is, uh, you know, whatever he happens to be attacking the, the opposing ship, and just impacts it and explodes taking it out mm -hmm. or, or, or uh, almost taking it out. Does anybody... I was a little go ahead. go ahead. Okay. Does anybody think it's weird that like his button to detach all the stuff is like right there in the center of his like steering wheel and he's like bam with his fist. It's, it's almost like he's like, hitting the horn. Okay. He's going meep, yeah. Meep. yeah. <laughs> no, what I was confused by is so at this point he's like, okay, I'm going in for the suicide run. I'm going to throw like take them all out. And so he, you know, hits the button, releases a bunch of the cargo pods. I would have assumed he would have released all of them. Yeah, he didn't release all of them. Because <laughs> he left one because they had to use one later. I was like, but you didn't think you were going to survive that. So why? I don't understand. He has an infinite supply of of debris, of cargo pods that he can uh, just drop whenever he wants. Yeah, uh, I guess. Because remember, sure. he, they they use it at the very beginning too, right? At the very beginning, no, they, they uh, but do the I, same thing. And the beginning, you can go like go it, on another supply run, pick up some more cargo pods, and come back and like, okay, I'm ready for round two. No, but I, I think after, I mean, I, I'd have to watch, but like, sure. I, it made sense to me they'd like conserve ammunition, but like mm -hmm. on the suicide run, why would you not throw everything you had? Uh, yeah, but tech, well, you know, a star destroyer. I think we can break that down really simply. Quotes. Yeah, it's animation, and they just do what they want. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, okay, yeah. Cargo, cargo just appears out yeah. of nowhere. And then, and then on top of that, you know, re, was it really a suicide mission when he releases everything? And you have to say, for for the animation, what they did with this, he looks down in this big cloud of just like debris, going, "I got it, I got it." And then you slowly see that light cruiser come out it unscathed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh Absolutely yeah. Absolutely gorgeous. And he's yeah. like, "Oh crap." Yeah, the space uh, battles in this show actually were really good because they had a yeah, few this, of them in this. There have been a couple episodes where I've been less impressed with them. This one, I thought they did a really good job, though. Yeah. Um, camera angles were fantastic, and they had a 
some good movement to it as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. Definitely. Um, so, I mean, the, uh, I think we, we skipped over the part where the rebels realizing that uh, there's nothing they can do. And, and, and because Mart, uh, you know, decided to face off against the light cruiser on his own, they're forced to, to, to evacuate, jump into hyperspace and get out of there. And they, they, they regroup with, uh, with Sato and, uh, and, Sato decides, you know, they they get a distress call from Martin. They they were always planning on going back from, but <clears throat> Sato tries to go after Martin, and Harris says, no, 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 we're closer. We'll go back and get him. And Wait, we'll, we'll so go by in the way, what what did closer mean? Because weren't they all with the fleet? No, like, it looked like the entire fleet was there. Uh, so he uh, I guess actually. that's true. Okay, yeah. so it was the fleet minus Sato, basically. Yeah, is what it looks like. Yeah, okay. it appeared that way. That makes me a little more accepting of it. <laughs> right. Uh, but they decided to go somewhere quietly, which, as we learn, is never possible with the Rebels. They, I don't think they do anything quietly. Um, actually, in Star Wars, nobody does anything quiet. Like, even Han says, then we'll do it real quiet-like. And they don't actually do it quiet-like at all. So, um, yeah, if, if you're in Star Wars, you're not. <laughs> Nothing's ever quiet. No. Yeah. It just and- isn't. And, and that's the thing, you know, Hera's saying we're going to go quietly. And what happens right when they come out of hyperspace, they're immediately found. Yep. How are you going to yep. sneak? If you're going to do that, you sneak in on the other side of the planet and slowly come Back- around the backside. You don't just come right in front of the planet uh, quietly. Eh, that's okay. It's <laughs> like walking in with a pair of clogs. <laughs> Not quiet, people. <laughs> I, I was going to say tap shoes, uh, but now that came, oh, now I said tap shoes. You know, both are great. Both are great. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, Teresa, what what did you think of uh, Constantine's plan to use a uh, a mine uh, to destroy the rebels? Um, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of like a um, I don't want to say well, I'll say it, wussy move. Yep. No, no, that's <laughs> a. Very good word to use. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, you know, and plus the, I've never seen a mine before. You know, I've, I think that's the first time I've seen anything that looks like that. And it was like a can with a little stick on it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, but I just thought it was funny that the, the droids are able to get it off and then carry it and attach it to something else. And not be seen. It, exactly, at all. Yeah. It, in any way. It was a classic uh, case of Constantine overreaching. Just like, you know what? You can kill one. Just take the one. Like, you know what? It's okay. But in this case, but, no. But instead, arrogance. he wanted to get both. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah he... And and instead, he got none. I wonder <laughs> if he was like, I wonder if he was honestly trying to be a little bit of Thrawn. He's just not as good as Thrawn. So he's like, oh no, no, no. If Thrawn were here, he would plant just a single mine, wait for them to get next to each other, then boom, blow them up at once. And boom, we'll I blow you think, up. I um, don't think that's what uh, what Thrawn would do. Probably not. But, I mean, I think Constantine might think that in the back of his head and be like, that's what Thrawn would do. Two and one, never fire a shot. Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> that that's what Constantine's doing in the back of his mind. And uh, and so that's why when the, the ghost shows up, you, know, you got the Outrider there, you got the ghost flying up. He's got an entire light cruiser. And he just waits. And waits. And I mean, waits. he does. In in Constantine's fairness, 
he does send TIE fighters after them, which, you know, Fair still some, for some reason let them land and dock with the other ship. But Yeah, well, so, and they were able to, uh, our uh, chopper and R3 were able to go out the, uh, the airlock into space, which I, I loved how Chopper threw R three through the uh, <laughs> oh just <laughs> through the airlock right oh yeah just knocked him like nope you're go it's like you know you're, you're getting ready to dive into a pool or off you know a cliff or something right into the ocean you're like no go you just push the guy um oh, I don't have experience with the latter one um, that's Chopper <laughs> that, that, that's totally one. Chopper but yeah that's totally Chopper um and so you know that that was kind of nice and then you know they're they're floating through space. And they 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 disarm the mine, and they're floating through space. Chopper almost loses it. He like tries to go grab it, and he floats right by the cockpit. And I love how he just salutes mm -hmm. uh, Mart <laughs> as he's floating by. He's like, "Whoop, salute, moving on." It's a very Chopper thing to do. <clears throat> oh yeah. I like how all he had to do to turn it off was like take his little like clamp thing and just like touch it. Off. Yeah, I was. Mm -hmm. I thought. Like, you know, they were playing with and they start hitting each other. And I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to blow it up. Oh, I guess that's just how it turns off. Yeah. Never mind. That's a little less interesting, I guess. But OK. Mm. I feel like also the Empire would have better protection against like, I don't know, disabling the mine, unsticking it. And then there. OK, so there were so really? many pieces I was upset with. There was like the mine popping off with no problem. There was also the like, for some reason, when they moved it to the underside of the ship, they could no longer trigger the bomb. Mm -hmm. And I guess, I guess maybe they just like no, because they didn't disable it. Because he Constantine was like uh, they lost the signal and then they got it back again. Right. So I don't know. I just, right. There was just you didn't think there was, was a lot. I was a little con confused by. I don't yeah. know, but I see this with the Empire all the time. I mean, they built the Death Star and left their main weapon like open to be destroyed. They don't. They don't complete things all the way through. <laughs> They, it's like, well, I mean, it's okay, like so they on. just get to a certain point and they're like, eh. Did you see the video I was posted recently? I don't remember where it was, but it was like, it was actually pretty funny. They're like, the, you know, it's the Death Star designer basically saying, hey, sorry, I didn't think that a, you know, one little shaft at a 90 degree angle. So you shoot into the, into the shaft. It goes, night <laughs> takes a 90 degree angle, goes straight into the Death Star, would be able to be, um, you know, hit with a, a proton torpedo. If someone had told me that there's Jedi left in the galaxy, maybe I would have avoided that flaw. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't seen that video, oh. I definitely recommend checking it, checking it out. It's pretty funny. I'll see if I can find the link. But yeah, uh, it was like the, the Death Star um, uh, architect complaining that it was not his fault and it was destroyed. He was not given the appropriate specs. <laughs> We may uh, find that in, out in Rogue One. As in Jin, Jin's father. Yeah, we'll find right, that out exactly. You know, William, that sounds like a PM problem. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was definitely a PM problem. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Give the engineers the correct specs. Anyway. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> the weekend, we're not supposed to be working. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so, but, but I mean, despite all the Empire's flaws here, it, the plan actually did work. Right, they attach to the cargo um, pod. The ghost basically picks up the uh, the outrider, which was kind of cool. You have this big like contraption where the ghost is gripping onto the outrider, which is gripping onto the cargo pod, and it flies it toward the light cruiser, and they drop the cargo pod, and um, it Admiral they just Constantine couldn't uh, hit the button, and he blew himself up. 
Right. And of course, this time he's not like, let's use the turbo lasers against this incoming ship. He's like, no, I'm just going to hit explode on the mine. Yeah. That's going to be good I, enough. Uh, yeah. You see, and that's and that's why I'm, I'm looking at it going, OK, Thrawn is either trying to teach Constantine a lesson or Thrawn. Not very have, well, though. Yeah, I know. But Thrawn wouldn't have any problem if the rebels were to take him out because Thrawn doesn't have to deal with him anymore. I know he's just Constantine causing problems. Yeah. Now this all he also really, is... William, really? Uh, Tom, just be glad you didn't put it. Back <laughs> move on. And well, I never tend to hear that. Oh my God. Anyway, but I was going to say Constantine. Yeah, I got one laugh. No, you're okay. Wait a minute. I was going to say Constantine is actually acting like that guy from uh, the Freemaker Lego Adventures that Richard Kind oh, plays, yeah. where he just keeps getting busted down lower and lower and lower. It's in Durpin. Yes. Yeah. Although he's not busted down at this point, right? No, he's not busted. Uh, he's, he's still, still like an admiral. Yes. So that's pretty good. That but... was great. I love the Lego, the Freemaker Adventure. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a fun show. Looking forward to that and, coming and back. And constantly, uh, constantly getting demoted, which is so great. But he Every... loved getting demoted. He wanted to be demoted. True, he really did. Because he like, didn't want to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> now, Constantine actually does want to do something. But it's the arrogance. I mean, he he's like, he's just so arrogant that he thinks he's going to be able to do this, and he's always thwarted. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. But, uh, but, I mean, he, he ends up escaping. Everyone ends up escaping, right? Because uh, June Sato arrives. Uh, Uncle June, as we find out. Uh, as we knew. Well, I think we, we knew that, because he said it was his nephew. Or exactly. Yeah, right? It wasn't like a surprise or anything but i don't know uh it's the first time he's called uncle june in the episode uh, right. and uh we get another great space battle and uh and of course that's when thrawn arrives in the yeah. real star destroyer and they're just their jaw just drops like what it that's a star destroyer oh okay yeah it's not a light cruiser it's six times bigger you know uh, and uh, they managed to escape with uh, with that exchange we discussed earlier between Thrawn and uh, uh, and Sato. And then you just you gotta love Thrawn in this case when he comes in and he goes, Admiral Constantine, you ask for assistance, and Constantine Constantine goes, No, I was calling to tell you that the rebels had been driven from the system, but Thrawn's <laughs> Thrawn's, no. Thrawn's total yeah, comeback. Total it's a good try. Yeah, I know. That's a good. It's a good try, but uh, no, no, yeah. it doesn't fly. Yeah, and and the best comeback. Thrawn goes. You mean, the rebels escaped? <laughs> <laughs> so fantastic. Just mm-hmm. what what a beautiful way to end the episode, you know, and and this is why I think when it comes to Thrawn, they are slowly building to something. Mm. Definitely. No, they are. Yeah. They are. Yeah. But it's I, so perfect. I love it's just so great. See, I like the fact that he's striking terror in people. And it doesn't even have to be the rebels, but just the incompetent Imperials. Oh yeah, he's got terror in Constantine right now. It'll be interesting to see in the next episode if you know when Thrawn comes back, if Constantine is still at his side, or if this is the breaking point <laughs> for Constantine that he's been busted lower. Or if he's dead, you know. That's true, too. It, I was getting the feeling of, like, this is Constantine who's worked with the Inquisitor. Maybe he's worked with Vader. He's like, oh, crap. Yeah. Uh, I think I know where this is going. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, yeah. I so I, I, I suspect I suspect June will be uh, oh, sorry, uh, Mart will uh, return in uh, in a future episode, just like all these characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we'll now see the outrider again. It's like, Mart Madden will return. Like, you know, the, the James Bond movie. <laughs> Every James Bond movie. <laughs> yes, not James. Oh, I guess that is, is that a James Bond thing? Well, oh, yeah, at the James end of Bond. the Marvel, at the end of the Marvel movie. But no, James Bond too. says James Bond will return. Yeah. Every, every, okay. every, anyway. But yeah. Anyway, yes. I'm <laughs> sure. And I'm, I hope we see the not outrider outrider again as well. Yes. Yes. Because it's the outrider. We all know it is the outrider. It would be well, funny. Disney, Disney Channel PR thinks it's the Outrider, one of the two. <laughs> and and it would be funny if we see Mart come back and actually dressed as Dash Rendar. Oh, that I... Mm, I well, uh, you know what? You never know. It would be interesting. <clears throat> because it's not he the Outrider. He should come back dressed as Matt. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Dash Rendar is just a, uh, a pseudonym for uh, Mart Matten. Yep. <laughs> So, I think you know. I want to know, like, and I and I know they haven't confirmed it yet, but I want to know if Matt or Andy had any like input into what the character was gonna look like. And like Andy said, I want a cool alien, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 it weren't. Do we know who voiced the characters? So uh, Meredith, yeah. Meredith Ann Bull did um, Andy's character. Okay. Gooty tears. Um, and she's from Stranger Ma- Strange Magic. She did she did one of the main characters in Strange Magic, but You're right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Zachary Gordon did uh he's Matt mm-hmm. um or Mart. Mart. <laughs> uh, and he was he's been in some stuff, but I was looking them up while we were talking. And then the person who played genre I don't know exactly which person on IMDb that is because there's a lot of Eric Lopez's, <laughs> but I'm not sure which Eric Lopez it is because okay. these these aren't in their credits on IMDb yet. So mm-hmm. gotcha. Yeah, but it is at the end of the show. So if you give me two seconds, I will pull up the uh, the credits. It's buffering. It's buffering. Buffering. Uh-huh. Talk. Entertain the people, please. Oh. Uh... Uh-huh. Oh. Entertaining, yes, word. I don't know what I'm saying. Hello, my baby. Well, okay, well, while William's look, looking that up, do we want to start? Uh, I think we, we could go, go with reviews. Oh. Yeah, I think we could yeah. go with reviews. Uh, Teresa, <clears throat> do you want to go first? But but I also have the uh, the name of the actor. So oh, before okay. uh, well. we go into the reviews, we should discuss that. And I hit okay, back man. 10 seconds. Here we go. Uh, John Arjun is Eric Lopez. Uh, yeah, Mark Matten is Zachary Gordon. And Aguti Terez is Meredith Anbol, as as you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, yeah, Eric Lopez. Okay. Yeah, we just don't. I just don't know which one because I was looking him up on IMDb. I was oh, like, there's Eric multiple. Lopez, and there's there is. I have a cousin named Eric Lopez too. Uh, um, your cousin played him. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> so no, I, I mean, don't the know. Sorry, I don't one, know which one on IMDb. I, I there's see no pictures. And so it's like, I mean, yeah, it's I probably this first one that popped up because he's known for voice acting in Young Justice and Batman Arkham Origins. Uh, but again, up. these are not, the Rebels is not in their credits yet on the IMDb. Right. So That's true. And yeah, know. of course, the end of the episode would not show that. I don't know what I was thinking. Uh, I clearly was not listening fully <laughs> while I was looking it up. <laughs> Way to go. Uh, so... Uh, let's, uh, avoid that, uh, blunder and, uh, go straight into our reviews. 
Well, they yeah. wanted me to go first. Um, Teresa, yeah. go first. You. Mm-hmm. I forget how out of how many Womp Rats we do. Ten. Okay. Um, no, this is I, our show either. <laughs> oh, my God. Just kidding. <laughs> See, that's why I think people think, you know, podcasters, like, that we have all this time to listen oh, to stuff. No. We barely have time to record our own shows. <laughs> that's the problem. Yeah. I wish I could listen to all the podcasts. And I, I do, do try too. to listen to them. I listen to them as much as I can, all my friends' podcasts. But the problem is I have too many friends doing podcasts. And I could just spend my entire week just listening to friends' podcasts. And so exactly. I try to listen as much as I can, but I can't listen to every single episode, which makes me sad. I, it's so, it, yeah, I agree. Because I wish I could, but I can't. Um, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to give it eight, eight Wombrats. And they are, um, I'm going to put mines on their back and then attach them to cargo and throw them at Imperial <laughs> That just seems unnecessary. <laughs> that's that's kind of cruel, but that's what we normally do with the Womp Rats, so I can't complain. Nice, nice. Tom, you you want to go next? Yeah, I'm going to go next. Um, I am going to give this episode a 7.5. I liked it. Uh, I, I really see how they're setting Thrawn up to go forward. Um, and, you know, I... It was a good episode. I probably would watch this one again just to to, to watch the progression of, of Thrawn, and I'd go back to every t- to each of the episodes Thrawn's introduced and just watch that progression. So I'm going to take my 7.5 Womp Rats. I am going to have them be the advisors to Admiral Constantine. So it's not so much Constantine is making the bad choices; it's he's turning to his Womp Rat staff, and they're telling him, "This is what we want you to do." It's just it's not pretty and Thrawn mm. doesn't get it, but you know, that's, that's how he, so well, you know, sometimes are. Thrawn just yeah. doesn't get it. No, yeah. no. So he's not all powerful. Oh God. No. Okay. Interesting. Yep. William, you want to go next? Sure. Uh, I, I think I'll give this one. I, I, I enjoyed the episode. It, it, it felt, uh, it felt like it skewed a little bit younger. Uh, this particular episode. Uh, than some of the, the recent ones. Uh, but I liked getting more information about uh, Commander Sato and his family. Uh, I like I, lo- I love the, the references to, to Matt and Andy, uh, which are great. Um, so I think I'm actually surprisingly going to agree with uh, with Tom. Uh, very enjoyable episode overall, so I'm going to give it seven and a half Womp Rats out of ten. And, you know, there's, there's the big question around, you know, what this ship is. And so what you don't know is after... After this episode, uh, the the outrider was um, was actually stolen by seven and a half womp rats. The half is important, right? Because he was unfortunately that womp rat was was in the in the hyperdrive room and it the hyperdrive was malfunctioning, and so there's only <laughs> half of them now. Um, but uh, this womp rat, uh, these seven and a half womp rats, took t- stole the ship, the YT twenty four hundred Krillian freighter, and flew it, and and they ride out into the sunset oh, ride out wow. into the sunset and did you want to say yes, William, did you want to say it one more time make sure you're ride out <laughs> into the sunset and uh, <sighs> who then takes possession of the ship very nice I that's my rating and I'm sticking with it okay all right so for me I think I'm torn between 6.5 and 7. Uh, basically for the same reasons you guys said. I thought it was, it skewed a little bit younger for me, but I thought it was still a pretty solid episode. Um, it just, it 
It was good. And the first half I thought dragged a little bit, but I really enjoyed the second half once Constantine arrived and kind of the mix and play of that. Um, so I'm just going to split the difference and say I'm going to give it a 6.75 Womp Rats. Um, Ooh, but, you know, we... so hate to be that 7.5. I mean, 0.75. Yeah. I'll say the difference in the 0.5. At that point, you're cut in half or to pieces. It doesn't really matter if you point to <laughs> Okay, good No, point. no, because it, it, it is a womp rat. It just, its tail got cut off at some point. Oh, And okay. I'll tell you how. Oh, All right, here you go. Okay. So, grow back their tails? Yeah, they will eventually, of course. Or, okay. I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we're off track. The important part is, so, uh, you know, the not Outrider Outrider had all these issues on the ship. You know, the hyperdrive wasn't working. Um, what no one realizes is it's just there were womp rats in the wiring. They were just chewing through things, and you know that's why the ship was malfunctioning. They just you got to have pest control, or else this is what happens. There were seven, there were six and three quarters of a womp rat running around inside those ships, inside the ship, cutting wires, and it's just it's very sad. Oh boy. <sighs> well, I think with that we're gonna go to coming up on Ion Cannon. Uh, next week, yes, there's going to be an episode uh, Thanksgiving weekend where we're basically there's no they're not take, the show's not taking any more breaks uh, until the mid season. There's uh, there's what three more episodes I think. Um, yeah, one, two, three more episodes. Uh, first next week we're gonna and and you'll notice we were actually wrong last week. La- the last episode I said, oh, I don't think the show's taking a week off this time, and the show took a week off this time. So I want to apologize for that. Um, but. Next week, uh, we're going to get Season 3, Episode 9 of Rebels, the Wincathu job. I hope I said that right. Wincathu. W-Y-N-K-A-H-T-H-U. Seems it's, like it's uh, that. It's just close. as hard as Sheetapede. Oh, God. Oh, God. Um, but the, in the Wincathu job, the Rebels join forces with ruthless pirates to salvage a freighter full of weapons the Rebellion needs. However, the mission turns out to be way more dangerous than they expect. <clears throat> Isn't Think we'll get some more uh, Hondo? Hondo. Hondo. Hope we get Hondo. Love Hondo. Hondo's the best. Mm-hmm. Hondo for president 2016. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. 2020, maybe? 2020. Also, also, not born in the U.S. So, sorry. <laughs> <sighs> Oh wow! Anyway, uh, 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 <laughs> president of the galaxy, maybe president. Uh, um, Emperor? Yeah. Oh, Emperor what would that Hondo? Be like? <laughs> Emperor Hondo? Oh, I'm wow. terrified now. Or, or it's gonna be hilarious. It's gonna be like nonstop, nonstop uh, comedy. partying and comedy, and um, <clears throat> yeah, it would be great. It would be Perfect. fantastic, actually. Honda 2020, uh, or whatever year we're in in the Star Wars universe, uh, it's equivalent to our, our own, um, because we actually know it's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, so this is all in the past. And with that, we'll be back in next week with our review of the Wincathu okay, job. But we have to say thank you to Teresa. Of course. Yes. Of course. Thank you so much for joining us Absolutely. on this episode. It's always, it's always fun to have you on. Anytime y'all ask. And we'll we'll make sure it's not quite so long next time around because a year's a bit long <laughs> yeah almost a year <laughs> yeah sorry about that that's ah, all good <laughs> so we'll, we'll we'll fix that next time um but yeah thanks do you want to do you want to plug uh any of your your podcasts because you do a couple or any of the sites you you work on 
Sure. Uh, so let's see. What do we have coming up? Pretty good. Well, one, if you haven't been listening to Disney Vault Talks Rebel Yell, take a listen over there. I haven't been doing the show this season. I have a lot of family stuff going on. But Eris Schoenerweiss from Del Rey has uh, basically filled my spot for right now. And he and Steve are doing an amazing job. And they have some amazing guests. They just had Adam Bray and uh, some other people. So that's pretty cool. Um, on Galactic Fashion coming up, which should be coming up within the next couple of weeks, we have an amazing interview with Ashley Eckstein talking all about the Hot Topic acquisition of her universe and getting some insight into all of oh, that. So that's nice. very cool. Yeah, it's it's a very cool interview, and she reveals some stuff too. That's it's really awesome. Uh, and then let's see what else. Well, just you know, all the rest of the places. But you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm Ice Cold Penguin. Awesome, cool. Yeah, thanks again for coming on, and we'll be back next week with our review of the Winkathu job. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away, including Rebels, the sequel trilogy, spin-off films, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help the show grow within the Star Wars fan community. Visit our website, ioncannoncast.com, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can also get in touch with us by emailing contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any of their respective trademark or copyright holders. Any and all opinions expressed on this show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans for fans and is copyright 2016.